0: America in the end times prophecy is it there or isn't it so that's our our topic of discussion so um, I think each of us have considered are we there do we find ourselves um, in the end times um, prophecies Uh, I think it's a normal curiosity for us is the country we live in the country we love I think something helpful for us to to know is the framework from which this question comes And that is an American-centric question um, based on the historic and unique history of the United States, which also considers the strong ties that we've historically had with Israel, although not perfect, but um, we've had strong ties. And I think it naturally happens to be the lens through which we view the happenings of the world. We live in the country. We've been born into it for most of us. It. It's near and dear to our hearts. And it's hard for us to imagine America not being directly referenced in the scriptures and specifically in the prophetic passages. A lot of people will say things like the most powerful, influential, godly nation. I don't know that we could say that now. But it's been the most powerful, influential, godly nation in the world. How is it possible that a nation like this is not found in Scripture? And the question I ask is, is this a wrong framework from which to approach Scripture? And I think... I think it is. I don't think it's like morally wrong in the sense that we should be shamed for thinking this way, but it's often our default, no matter what passage we come to. And in particular in the prophecy um, genre, we typically originate our thoughts from a Western-centric viewpoint. But I think We just need to recognize that this is our bent. We typically view this through our American lens. And while the Bible addresses and is relevant to all cultures and peoples equally, uh, we can easily skew our interpretations based on this framework from which we operate. And so, um, a prime example of this. How many of you, when looking at Bible prophecy, have asked, where does Mexico fit in? (laughs) <laughs> Where does Albania fit into Bible prophecy? We don't ask these questions, do we? Because it doesn't really affect us. We ask the question, what about America? Because that kind of affects us and it, and, and it has our curiosity. And the temptation to interpret from this framework is going to lead us to new interpretations that break from conclusions normally arrived through literal interpretive methods. Most of the... um passages where people say America's there, they arrive at that conclusion through an allegorical approach to Scripture. Let me read to you a quote, because not everybody recognizes this, and I don't know that, that he's purposely saying this, so I don't know if he's being honest. I think he might be, but this is, um, I believe, a good brother um, in the Lord who thinks America's all over Bible prophecy. And, um, but listen to what he says. He says, When we closely examine the detailed time sequence that John gave us in Revelation 17, that's just the passage he's working through, it provides a completely new interpretation from those of traditional Bible teaching. He goes on to say, Standing on the premise that traditional interpretation is incorrect, we will discover that the portrayal of this woman in Revelation 17 as a religion Hales in comparison to the multiple descriptions of her being the richest, most influential population center in the world. What's he saying there? Yeah, all the old interpretations that we're used to, it's, it, America's not there. So this whole new interpretive system, we find America there. And uh, he goes so far as to say, just stopping just short of saying America, but we know there at the end that with that uh, description, he's talking about America well let me not drag this out too long here's a simple answer America is not mentioned in any prophecies in scripture you won't find it now um, does that mean that if America is around during the tribulation or uh, leftover um, populations from America and things like that are around during the tribulation in these in times does that mean that they won't be included no but there's no specific prophecies that that point to America in particular. This means then that any conclusions about passages that could allude to America or in a general sense, include America should it be in existence, they are speculative in nature. So we just don't know for sure. We cannot say with biblical certainty that America is represented in any of the following passages that we're gonna look at. Um, furthermore, we don't know the future time frame in which these events are going to take place. We saying about it. It could be today that the Lord returns for His church and that these events unfold. It could be 500 years from now. Could America exist until then? Yeah. Could it be long gone by then? It could be. I mean, we just don't know. So it's hard to be dogmatic. Well, let me rephrase that. I find it hard to be dogmatic about America being in, uh, you know, positing that America is certainly in. In Scripture, in fact, it's quite easy to say the opposite of that, but not everybody sees it that way. Um, So, as we come to these passages, it's helpful to keep a few things in mind. Number one, the Lord and Israel are at the center of Bible prophecy. These are the big players in Bible prophecy. There are some other nations that are mentioned, um, but for lack of time, we don't. We're not going to go into that. What is the nation that's going to be facing these battles and the aggression of the nations and Satan's principalities in the tri- tribulation? It's Israel, isn't it? From whom has the Messiah come and to whom is the Messiah returning? It's Israel, isn't it? From where will Jesus reign and establish his millennial kingdom? It's Israel. And what nation will cry out to the Lord, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and be delivered in an instant in that moment? It's not America. It's Israel. So the main players have been clearly established uh, in Scripture. Let's look at a few scriptural certainties. I like to to phrase this as unmistakably noble things um, that we find in the end times prophecies. We know there's going to be a tribulation that takes place in which all the Gentile nations will come against God and Israel. We find this in Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 through 21 in the surrounding passages. It says, I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse, Jesus, and against his army. And the beast was captured with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. It's kind of a graphic passage, isn't it? But what it shows us is there were all the Gentile nations and the representatives, the armies gathered there. What happened to them? Wiped out. They were wiped out. The Lord defeated them. It says that the word proceeded from his mouth who was sitting on the horse so are are there uh is this a reference to america we don't see america here but if there are vestiges of the country that remain at this time or uh, if it's a nation altogether, we know it's going to be represented there um and it's going to be wiped out because that means that they've gathered against israel to make war against her and the lord what else do we know? We know that so we know Gentile nations are going to be gathered against Israel and are going to be wiped out. We also know that there's going to be a central world government comprised of an alliance of ten nations. It's going to be ruled by the beast or the Antichrist. We find this in Revelation 13, 1 and 2, and uh, in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. These are the passages that talk about the ten horns. Uh, in the seven heads, um, the ten diadems on the horns and the kingdoms that come from this, um, the traditional interpretation and that is that this is a revived Roman Empire. I think Pastor Troy made an allusion to this um, a revived Roman Empire. Do we know exactly what nations these are going to be? We don't. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that um, because America has come from um, Europe uh, Great Britain and and that kind of being in the general area of um, The Roman Empire in the future what's seen as the future revived Roman Empire that America is going to be associated with that Or one of those ten kingdoms. We just don't know that because it's not stated explicitly That is it is a nation very few nations are stated explicitly in the prophecies Here's another certainty that we know. There's going to be people from every nation on earth who will be involved in heavenly worship of Jesus described in Revelation 7. While these things are uh, transpiring in the tribulation, it says in Revelation 7, verse 9, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. It goes on to say that they were worshiping the Lord. And so... As awful things are unfolding uh, on the earth, what we do know is that there's going to be a representation from from every people um, that have lived on the earth, um, there's going to be a representation of them before the Lord, worshiping. That's the church, right? Uh, among uh, the other saints who will be there, and the elders, 24 elders who are gathered around the throne, we're going to be worshiping the Lord. And... Does that include America? Well, it includes people from America, right? right. We're, we're going to be there with, with the Lord in that time. And so, does it specifically mention America? No, but we know, hey, I plan on being there. So, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, at least uh, 15 Americans will be there, um, and many, many more, many, many more. Um, another certainty we know that there's going to there's going to be battles and wars, um, but a few are specifically mentioned. Armageddon is mentioned in Revelation chapter 19. We just looked at that. Um, there's another end times battle. Some see it as Armageddon, um, some see it as a different, uh, which is, seems more likely it's a different battle. It's, um, mentioned in Ezekiel 38, it's going to be an end of days battle that will see the Lord drawing a coalition of nations from Israel's North, from regions of Southern Russia and Turkey. And, um, even from, from the South, those nations will come around and join up with that coalition like Ethiopia or some will say Sudan. Um, they're going to gather to make war against Israel, but the Lord is going to defeat them miraculously and protect Israel. There's a reference that we'll get to in just a moment in that passage that some say, see, America's there. Um, What's not certain is that America's there. What is certain is that this battle is going to take place and there's going to be many nations gathered and represented there. So, what are some of the popular claims? We've looked at, and these are far from all of the passages that we could go to. Um, What are some popular claims? And maybe you have, you've heard these, and I'm framing these as unmistakably unknowable. We just don't know um, that these, um, you know, Nobody can say for certain this refers to America. Here's some popular views and some summaries of why these are clearly speculations of America in the end times. Many of you have maybe heard America um, referenced as Babylon in Revelation 18. Let me read to you a quote from an author that really just nicely summarizes this passage. It says, Babylon is described as being full of immorality, a world superpower, proud, a place of wealth and affluence, selling its goods and gold to the world, uh, helping other nations to become rich, once a light to the nations, suddenly destroyed in an hour, with the whole world watching and the smoke of her burning, which many people will say that's a reference to 9-11 and the attacks that happened there. I mean, at first glance, you see that and you're like, huh, that sounds kind of like us, doesn't it? Um, While those descriptions are accurate of um, much of our society, um, Babylon in this passage, among other things, again we don't have time to go in every aspect of this, it's actually described as a a city, specifically. It's not described as a nation. And so, people will say, well, again, it's allegorical, so it's referring to nation, Um, but we can't make that conclusion we should take things literally as we can. And when it talks about a city, unless there's good evidence to say that it's a nation, well, it's a city, uh, according to what's written there. Um, How about Daniel chapter 7? America is described as the eagle's wings in Daniel chapter 7. America um, is described as one of the seven heads in Revelation 13. Maybe you've heard this one. Uh, America is the great eagle of Revelation 12, verses 13 through 14. Um, at some point in the tribulation, um, Satan is going to make war against the Lord. He's going to be uh, cast down and defeated um, in that battle by the archangel Michael. And then he's just going to try and wreak havoc on Israel. And people, uh, there's there's that passage that refers to Um, the great eagle that kind of swoops in to protect and help Israel. Um, And people will make the claim that since the eagle has been the symbol of America, and since we have historically been one of Israel's greatest allies, that this refers to to the United States. Hmm. Um, It's far from conclusive to say that. I don't think we can come to that conclusion, again, operating from that literal interpretive method that, that we... Are grounded in first off we don't know what the world is going to look like in the tribulation the state of the nations and of the world it's far from conclusive that america is going to be in the same standing as it is now given the radical events of the tribulation and it's just anecdotal to say oh look there's a great eagle well you know our our national image is an eagle so it must be us because who else would it be i mean that's really what that conclusion is like Mm Who else could that be? Um, I think it's more reasonable to see this as imagery, um, a personification of God, and His provision and protection for Israel. Uh, Many times throughout the Old Testament in particular, the Lord is personified as an eagle and wings protecting His people and so forth. Furthermore, Albania, Mexico, Austria, and Serbia also have eagles as their national symbol. So, um, I just, it's like, okay, whatever. Um, make your argument from a scripture and not from mm-hmm. anecdotal, historical, whatever you want to call it. Um, some people also, this is an obscure passage also. Um, some people say that uh, in Isaiah 18, this is an end times prophecy, um, there's uh, people referred to as tall and smooth-skinned people and people are like that's America we're in the end times and I, I'm just like you just see like some of these interpretations are rather shallow um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're the only tall smooth-skinned people in the world um, and and furthermore I think because of our history you just we're, we're the melting pot of the world right mm-hmm. Um, so, it's it's an obscure, really weak conclusion to come to. Uh, Ezekiel thirty eight thirteen. 13. Um, again, going back to that end times battle of Ezekiel 38. There's a coalition of nations that will gather to Israel's north and come down to make war against Israel. And this is the end times battle where Gog and Magog... Um, this coalition of nations will make war against um, israel the timing's unknown to us there's a lot of major thoughts on that i'm not going to go through that but um there's a reference in verse 13 the world is going to be looking at this stage forming and there's going to be some nations that are like i wonder if we could benefit from this um Verse thirteen it says, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all its leaders will say to you, Have you come to see spoil? Have you assembled your hosts to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil. So these nations are looking at what's about to take place from Gog and Magog coming to invade Israel, and they're like, I think we could probably benefit from that. And some people make the connection that Tarshish refers to a Western settlement, and in particular, um, the, uh, the leaders that it refers to uh, refer to America. Let me just read to you this summary and we'll bring it to a close and give you an opportunity to ask some questions if you have any. Uh, this summary reads, the merchant of Tarshish uh, referred to the Phoenician maritime and trading community located in modern day Spain during the general time of King Solomon some 3,000 years ago. Second, the merchants of Tarshish during the last 500 years Developed into the modern mercantile nations of Western Europe like Spain, Holland and Britain Third the phrase with all its villages in the ESV. It says its leaders Um, I think maybe in the NKJV. It says with all its young lions Um, These are all a reference to the leaders that um, Contextually that have come from Tarshish. So um, could it be you know leaders within Tarshish who, who have been raised up from that possibly but uh, some people say no actually um, America came from if you if this is the The uh, interpretation that you're you're coming with um, It's not hard to say well America came from Britain and therefore as one of the greatest of those uh, Western nations that derived and came from From this it must be a reference to America it's kind of a stretch, I think, to to come to that. I think of all of the passages, this is the most plausible, and I say the most plausible not because I think it really deserves a lot of merit, um, but again, you kind of see the links that you have to go to to place America in there, um, because at the time this this was written, I mean, America number one of course wasn't in existence, and it's not like the Lord couldn't. Couldn't have have prophesied with imagery, but I think he would have been far more clear and concise if this was actually America, and I think he would have made it plain to us that it that it was. So, what are some conclusions that we should draw from this? While some are quite confident in their assertions that America is clearly portrayed in the scriptures, I don't find enough evidence to dogmatically claim unmistakable references are found in scriptures referring to America. You just don't find it. In fact, I think we find the opposite, that America is clearly not referred to in the scriptures, but could be included in some of those more general um, references to all the Gentile nations that that we ultimately know the end to. I think that if the Lord wanted to make plain that America was a big player in the end times, he would have made it clear. The Lord spoke through Isaiah some 150 years before King Cyrus, the Persian king. Uh, he, and, and the Lord detailed how Cyrus would decree that the people of Israel return and rebuild the temple. 150 years before that took place, I think the Lord could do that for us. He hasn't. So, what do we what do we do from here? I think one of the frustrating things about these dogmatic claims and their authors. Again, some of them are good brothers, but one of the things I find frustrating is there's no real application that's given to us. Okay, America's in the end times. Okay, what do you want me to do with that? Um, Pray, I mean, like, what are the real applications? And and I think for us, again, it's just the, the applications from biblical prophecy... Um, are to worship the Lord and to serve, Mm -hmm. like we've heard this weekend. And, um, And I don't know that America, us putting America into those prophecies gets us any further into the will of the Lord in that respect. I do think there are some reasonable claims and I've given them to you, but I believe the overwhelmingly clear statements that the Gentile nations of the world will gather against Israel in the tribulation should instead of create confusion bring some general and simple conclusions our way. So what do we do with this information? Um, I think we tend to balk at the idea that America will one day fall or be among the nations that turn against Israel, but um, we know that the Gentile nations are going to. But the things that are coming have been revealed to us and are going to come to pass. They will happen. I think the thing that I think of when I ask these questions, you know, like people over the past couple of years have been like, you know, oh, what about the COVID thing? It's the, you know, like Troy mentioned, is it, is it the mark of the beast? And do I think that some of these things, you know, could lead to it? And, and can we as a country, you know, maybe steer through the, the, um, civic constructs that we have in voting and things like that, the direction of our nation? Absolutely. But the things that we're reading about this weekend, they are, they are decrees from God that these things are going to take place. And so do I believe that um, my best intentions and even my good civic duties of voting and the things of the like will prevent a prophetic decree from God from that those things coming to pass? I don't think so. And as much as I love this country, and I do, and I am a good, you know, and, and I suspect we all are good um, citizens of the of the country. We don't want to see it go down the, the, the drain. But, but here's the thing. The Antichrist is going to come one day. The Lord is going to bring these things to pass one day. And we can't stop that. But we can be faithful with what the Lord has given to us. And uh, we can worship him and serve him and allow these things to drive us to him.